You were about to enter Chuck versus the podcast, the place for people who love Chuck and the people who work on Chuck. The only show that takes you behind the scenes with the stars. Yvonne Strahovski. Zachary Levi. Joshua Gomez. Ryan McPartland. Adam Balba. Sarah Lancaster. Interactive interviews. Julia Wing. Phil Clemmer. All the cast. Dixon High. Tony Hale. Scott Krinsky. Marcus for Lawrence. Anita Federici. Fun hosts. This is Mel. This is Liz. Now you can see how wacko we are. The writers. Ali Adler. Scott Rosenbaum. Zev Faro. The editors. Matt Barber. Jeff Granville. Kevin Mock. Contests. We are giving away a Chuck press kit. The directors. Jason Enzler. Norman Buckley. The guest stars. Steve Austin. Kristen Griff. The music. This is Tim Jones. Guest hosts. I'm Kaylee from Toronto. Conventions. Lights come up and here comes Jester out on stage. Set visits. This is the guy right here. And much more. Are you ready? This is Gray. This is Mel. This is Liz. And we want to welcome you to Chuck versus the Podcast, episode 60, for Wednesday, June 9th, 2010. And Chuck's in hiatus, but we're not. We're here, ready to give you the news and a whole bunch of other stuff. So what have we got today? First up, we have exciting news. Yvonne Strahovski has finally found Twitter. Has, Twitter has found her right back. <laughs> you can follow Yvonne at Y underscore Strahovski. And it is her. We've had an email from her saying, that's me. I promise. So um, be sure to check her out if you're on Twitter. Uh, follow her and keep up with what she's doing. She's um, in L.A. briefly right now um, between filming um, Killer Elite. She'll be heading back to Australia shortly. But we're really excited to be able to keep up with her on her world travels. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, boy, she, she's moved quickly. She yeah. started, uh, I, actually, she started around Thursday last week, and people didn't really realize what, right away. But once people got wind that she was there, she went from, I think, 2,000 followers on Saturday morning to over 11,000 on Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So no surprise. Um, but uh, she's she's actually tweeting, and um, I think once, once she gets the hang of it, she'll, uh, she'll be pretty, a pretty frequent tweeter, I think. I think yeah. so. And one of the things that Yvonne has been tweeting about is the event that she's hosting, which is a tennis tournament charity event to, be, to benefit Kenmar Rescue Society, the animal shelter from which Yvonne adopted her dog, Chazzy. Cute little thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the event takes place Saturday, July 24th from 5 to 8 p.m. at the Weddington Tennis Courts in Studio City. For more information and to register for the event, you can visit the Kenmar Rescue Society website at www.kenmarrescue.org. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have been saying that that's a very lucky dog to have yes. <laughs> Yvonne Starosky as her owner. But uh, yeah, please do check out that site. Please support her. And if hey, if you're in the L.A. area, um, now I know that that's going on the same weekend as Comic-Con. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're not going to Comic-Con, I'm sure she'd love your support. I think there are also some Chuck fans who are planning to road trip up to L.A. to that event from Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, some information about that we'll be posting once the plans plans are firmed up. Mm-hmm. And, and I did want to clarify, a lot of people initially were reacting to that and saying, oh, no, she's not going to be at the Chuck panel. Um, that That was based on the fact that the last couple of years the Chuck panel has been 
at that around that time. But we don't know for sure that that's when the Chuck panel is. The schedule right. hasn't been released yet. So um, her publicist is making them aware of this. And uh, and so hopefully they'll be able to work it out that the Chuck panel will not conflict with that. We don't know yet. We'll let you know as soon as we do. Yes. Another of the actors on Chuck, uh, Julia Ling, has some developments. And we're really, really excited. We love Ju- Julia. She's she's awesome. She's she's the sweetest person in uh, in real life and, and a great character on the show. Um, Anna Wu, and of course, um, she had a little bit of a guest role late in in season three, and everybody's just hoping that she can be back in season four. And as a matter of fact, um, there's a new website, weloveannawoo.com, that has been started. It's a great site. If you love the Anna character, if you love Julia Ling, I urge you to go to that site and check it out. There's a lot of great content there. Um, including a, a, a couple of the interviews that we've had with her and a lot more, um, a lot of the latest developments about what she's doing. And uh, there's a petition there that I urge you to check out. Um, it's, hey, it's, it, it helps everybody to get Anna back in the story. And I, I think there's actually some really creative ways that they could do that. I think so. I think they've set up some interesting ends for bringing the character back. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to see her kick some butt, so... Yeah. Hopefully we'll get that. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of comments saying, "How about if we alternate Anna and or yeah, Anna and Karina um coming back in various episodes." So that could be that could be interesting. Yeah. Be sure to check that out. In other news, we have Benita Friderici and her husband, John Billingsley, who you may recognize as Dr. Flox on Star Trek Enterprise. They are going to be the VIPs of SFB's Evening With series on June 19th in Bournemouth in the UK. You can visit www.eveningwith.com for details. But in essence, it's an evening with General Beckman and Dr. Flox. Very cool. Which, I mean, yeah. How much geekier can you get? <laughs> well, you can get geekier as it happens. Um, the T2 convention is happening uh, this coming weekend, actually. Uh, uh, it's going to be the uh, second uh, Chuck convention is what they're calling it. It's going to be on uh, Friday through Sunday. Uh, it's a Star Fury event that I believe is in London. Um, originally Yvonne was going to attend, but because of her filming schedule with the killer elite, she's had to pull, um, her appearance, but, um, it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And some people that went last year just said it was a blast. So we encourage you to, if you're in those areas, uh, check those two events out and then report back. Tell us what happened. Mm, And if you remember Benita's interview, she has, they, I mean, they both have so many great stories. They do. They really do. And they play off each other just beautifully. So it was, I'm a Star Trek fan and I'm the one that was interviewing Benita. So it was really, it was kind of surreal to be talking to her and then having Dr. Fox chiming in in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine the two of them in person. That's going to be a treat. Yeah. Well, Zachary Levi has also been busy. He is at the Monte Carlo Television Festival this week promoting Chuck in Europe. The journalist from Scene TV Buzz gave Chuck fans the opportunity to submit questions for him last week. Watch the results of that interview to be posted at chucktv.net. Mm-hmm. And speaking about overseas, we had word from Chuck D, um, a fan from the UK who visited with Robert Duncan McNeil, another Star Trek connection. Uh, he's, of course, a uh, director and executive producer on Chuck. And he was at this weekend's Collector Mania in Milton Keynes, UK. 
And, um, and Chuck was excited to hear that the writers are back at work and some advanced uh, production, even on season four, begins soon. So very, very exciting. I, I, I mean, though we won't see Chuck till the fall, um, what that means is that we're going to start getting more spoilers even and word of cool stuff that's happening, maybe even some casting news. Um, so it's so exciting to see the, the ball rolling already. That's right. I was not ready for them to come back quite so soon. I'm getting a little excited about the fact that we might start getting some tiny tidbits of information here in, you know, just a couple of weeks, maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, in other news, our second Chuck fan survey went up and we had a really good response. Uh, we expected that we would have more respondents this time than last time. Uh, we ran it the first one in November before the season started. And traffic was, of course, lower then because Chuck wasn't on the air. So we launched our second one right after the season finale. And uh, we did have more respondents. And we had we asked almost exactly the same questions. We added uh, one new one based on what happened in season three. But the bulk of the questions were the same so that we could do a genuine compare and contrast with the previous survey. So let me just run you through some of the answers um, and some of the results real quick. Uh, the First of all, we had 1,507 people answer in November. And this year, we had, or this, this time around, we had 2,574 people. The demographic broke out to be almost exactly the same. 63.9% were male and 31.6% were female. 66.6% .6 of those who responded were age 30 or younger, which is a little bit up from last time. But we did want to just, um, you know, clarify that this is an online survey, survey on a fan site. So we're just by default, I think, more likely to get the younger fan base answering the, 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 the questions, answering the survey. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's really interesting to see those numbers. But just remember that there are extenuating factors going on here. Yeah. Um, but really interesting. The first question is, which element of Chuck is the main reason that you watch? And... You know, during season three and before, there were debates throughout the fandom about which element of Chuck was most important to the fans, which is one of the reasons that we did the survey in the first place. So the first question forced fans to choose the one element they saw as the main reason they watched the show. Uh, last time, it was Chuck and Sarah by a landslide. 41% of respondents chose that as the most important element to them. This time... After the season three finale, the number one answer was uh, Team Bartowski. Wow. As was the most important element. 36.6% of people chose that as the main reason they watched the show. Uh, it was then closely followed by the Chuck and Sarah relationship by, with 35.8% uh, of the vote. So there was less than 1% separating uh, one the first and second place responses. Um, comedy was 11% uh, and uh, the hero's journey was 8.5% people choosing them as the main reason that they uh, watched the show. So that was a little bit, that was a, not a little bit, that was a major shift. Mm -hmm. And I have to wonder if that's because, you know, Chuck and Sarah are resolved now. Therefore people are more interested in, and they were resolved, you know, around mid season. So people were more interested in the spy, um, the team, the team component of the show. Uh, question two was rank the various elements of Chuck by most favorite to least favorite. And this one, I know it was tough. We designed it that way. We wanted people to really think about what goes into making up the series and what it is that they like the most. 
Uh, last time, the software was allowing people to uh, rank more than one element as the most important or least important. And this time it didn't. So there was a little, that's a factor in the results this time. But um, the the questions, the, the elements could be ranked from one, which was least favorite, to 10, which was most favorite. And 39% of people who responded said the Chuck and Sarah relationship was their favorite element of the show which if you remember it was their the second most important part of the show in question one so mm-hmm. that was interesting um then uh four percent actually said it was their least favorite part of the show so <laughs> just gotta you know make sure we get both sides of the coin there um team bartowski was second place with 35 percent of the vote and two percent saying that was their least favorite so um back in november 54 percent said that chuck and sarah was their favorite and 37 percent said it was team bartowski and then the comedy and the hero's journey were third and fourth again in that question now the new question this time was uh rank the season three developments in order of most favorite to least favorite and this was you know specifically dealing with what happened in season three so uh, as I think everyone could have predicted, Chuck and Sarah officially becoming a couple ran away with this category. <laughs> and, uh, 59.6% of survey takers rank it as the most important, most favorite thing in season three. And then a distant second with 13.8% of the vote was Morgan finding out Chuck's secret. Mm-hmm. The least favorite was Orion's death. Yeah. Yeah. With 38.7%, giving that a, a 1 on the scale of 1 to 10. And then the buy more exploding was mm-hmm. uh, the the second least favorite development in Season 3. Um, just real quickly, uh, question 4 was, do you feel strongly enough, <clears throat> excuse me, do you feel strongly enough about any element of Chuck to stop watching if the storyline doesn't go the way you want? And again, this was something that came out of the uh, kind of furor before the season had even started about some things that we were hearing and what was going to happen in season three. And so, and and then, you know, there were some things that happened in season three that were rather polarizing. So we were, we were pleased that we thought to include this question. (laughs) The results have changed just a little bit since November. 86.5% said that no, there's nothing they feel so strongly about that they would stop watching if the storyline doesn't go the way that they want. And that's compared to 82% who answered no last time. Hmm. So, yeah, more people, I think, are feeling secure about Mm -hmm. the show at this point. So um, that means that 13.5% now are saying that they will stop watching if a storyline doesn't go the way that they want, whereas 18% did back in November. Um, and then if they, if someone answered yes to that question, they went on to another question that asked them which element was what they would, was so important to them that they would stop watching if it didn't go the way they wanted. And so of the few people, the 13.5% of respondents who answered yes, 17 or 72.4% said that it was the check of the Sarah relationship that would, uh, they would quit watching if it didn't go the way they wanted, which was to be expected. Although that was the number one um, element in November, but 86% cited that as the the thing that they were most concerned about in November versus 72.4% this time. So big change there. Um, 9% said they'd stop watching over Team Bartowski and 5.3% said they'd stop watching if the comedy didn't go they, the way they wanted, which again, I don't quite know that how that would work, but those were both increases over the responses in November. 
And then we asked people what they thought about spoilers, because we know that some people love spoilers and others don't. We've had some questions and comments from people saying we don't. Why would somebody want spoilers at all? So we have that question in there. I know Gray is a no spoilers kind of guy mm-hmm. where I'm a all spoilers kind of person. And I think Liz falls somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, 49.9% of the respondents say they love spoilers. 31% said that they don't seek them out, but they do read them. So almost 81% of Chuck fans are into being spoiled is what that tells us. <laughs> but 16.5% said they hate spoilers. And I know Gray was one of them. Mm-hmm. And then 2.3% said they don't trust spoilers. Ah. Which is probably smart. They're probably the smartest people that responded to this. <laughs> so um, in conclusion, we, we learned that uh, the online Chuck fandom at least uh, skews young and male that team Bartowski rose in importance to equal the Chuck and Sarah relationship this summer or the season. And while we wonder how the results might've differed, had we surveyed fans mid season, we, we suspect that this balance of what's deemed important has to do with how the season ended and the fact that Chuck and Sarah are together and that we had this really intriguing um, spy storyline that happened right at the end. So uh, we also see that Chuck fans are slightly less ready to throw in the towel if a specific storyline doesn't go the way that they want. But there is a little more concern about the status of Team Bartowski than there was previously. Mm-hmm. So that, in a nutshell, is what we learned from this second fan survey. Um, we want to thank everybody who did take the survey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's interesting, interesting stuff. And we'll look forward to running another one. Uh, probably not before season four starts, but we might do something mid-season. We'll see. And and so now what we're going to do, we're going to have a test to see which of those numbers you remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're really, really interesting to study. When you look at them on a page and you can do that at chucktv.net, all those numbers are posted there. That's right. Yep. Um, so we're going to move on right now to the things that we love, listener emails. We love hearing from you. And we hear from our old friend, Jorge Saldana from Chile. Hey, Hey, Jorge. Jorge. And Jorge writes, Hi, folks. I was catching up with your great podcast, and the Jeffster episodes were really good. But I love the one with Tim Jones. I remember back in the day when I wanted to know about a soundtrack release with Tim's music, and now that I hear that a project is on the make, I was so thrilled. I can only hope it's released soon. I remember one of the cues that I loved the most from the first season was the one at the end of Hard Salami, when Bryce turned out to be alive. The same was used when Chuck rescued Shaw, an American hero. And now in the third season, I simply love Tim's work in dealing with the spy world, mixing more and more with Chuck's everyday life and the way he reflected it in his music on the show. Notable music cues, for me at least, are, are present when Morgan sees the opening of the CIA base in the beard and an American hero when Shaw finds out about Eve's murder. Also present in 317 when Ellie hits Casey with a frying pan. And immediately after that, when Chuck fights the two men at that undercover basement. I already know the dialogues because I always watch those parts just to listen to the music. Um, Anyway, what are your favorite cues? Thanks for everything. And of course, you're all pretty. Bye, Jorge. Uh, so thanks so much for uh, for writing Jorge and uh, and I did forward your email to Tim Jones and he was very thankful for for your uh, complimentary uh, message um, and I don't know for for me it it goes down to to two cues one of them um, 
is is I think a lot of people's favorite that that love piano theme between Chuck and Sarah that was um, uh, way back in the first season in the pizza scene at the end of uh, boy was it sizzling shrimp oh, or sh- was it shrimp anyway um, you you probably know the one really really touching theme and then also the kind of Miami Vice ish um, one that was in the uh, Karina episode in season three. Uh, when they're going into the mansion uh, for me that was primarily because i was actually sitting in tim jones's studio when he when he composed that one so uh, obviously that was that made it a a special experience for me but w- what about you guys i love the adventure theme every time those notes there's there, you know there's a couple of notes that started off and every time that happens i just kind of involuntarily start to get a little giddy cuz i know something really cool is about to happen you know, they're about to go down the zip line or, <laughs> you know, jump from building to building or something, something like that. So that's my favorite is the adventure theme. I don't know if it's the same one as the, um, the 007 themes. Is that the same thing that you're talking about? 007 no. theme. Yeah. Every once in a while when Chuck is about to get really spyish. Yes. There'll be a little little echoes of 007 theme and and i love those i think they're they're i don't know cute yeah yeah so uh and and it sounds like hawkeye pays a lot of attention to the music i know for me um i need to kind of go back and rewatch to to take out the dialogue i'm following the story the first time that i watched so i'm going to go back and watch season three uh at some point this summer and i'm sure i'm going to be paying a lot more attention to the individual cues. By the way, Jorge, I agree. Tim Jones is my favorite, too. Mm-hmm. Mine, too. He's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Speaking of rewatching, I forgot to mention this back in the news section, that the checktv.net forum is rewatching uh, several different episodes this, season, uh, this summer on Mondays, and Happy Days is in charge of that. So if you go to the checktv.net forum and look, she has a thread that she sets up every week. For uh, people to just watch an episode and chat about it and, you know, enjoy it. And they started with the pilot. And I'm not sure what they're doing next week. But stop by and check that out. Mm-hmm. So our next email comes from Rick. And he says, we only got a brief scene with Mama B at the end of the finale. And I've gotten into a heated exchange with another fan on the chuckboard at IMDb over that scene. His view is that Mama B must be part of the ring or there'd be no other reason for her to be getting a phone call like she did. The Referring to the we need to move you line. I even pointed out that it wasn't a ring phone that she answered, but he remains adamant. I say that's hogwash, and that it's just as likely she's in danger after Ryan's death as much as Chuck and Ellie are. Obviously, neither will be proven right or wrong till next season, but what are your thoughts on this scene? Can't wait till season four to see more great episodes and more great podcasts. The Jeffster two-part was my was fantastic, by the way. Especially loved the intro, Rick. Well, thanks, Rick, mm-hmm, thanks. for writing in. Yes, and again, props to Gray for that intro. That was killer. Mm. Yeah. On the Jeffster podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing it. My my first point is never get into a debate on IMDb. <laughs> it comes yeah. after never get into a land war in Asia. Yeah. And never get into a battle of wits with a Sicilian. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just. 
<laughs> avoid all debates on IMDb. It's not going to, no one's going to come out of that a winner. Mm. Um, but what do you guys think? It was so ambivalent, the end. It's, it was so ambiguous when we saw her. We don't know who called her. We don't mm -hmm. know where she was. Um, some screen caps have shown that she had what appear to be somebody's medical files pulled up on her screen that she was looking at when the phone call came in, but we couldn't really get anything more detailed than that. So what do you guys think? Is she working for the ring or is she being protected from the ring? Well, there's, there's some fascinating parts of that because, um, well, first of all, I don't think she's working with the ring because um, it would mess things up royally if the ring was already on top of that hideout, um, mm -hmm. which we were pretty confident that that hideout is going to play into Chuck's world very much in season four. And and a lot of the stuff that, that was stretching the lines of probability this season were the fact that the ring was onto the Bymore very early, um, way back even as far as the Christmas episode, and, mm -hmm. and yet they weren't doing anything with it. And so I think it would be just a mess if the ring already knew about that underground lair mm -hmm. and and it wouldn't open up for, for Chuck to be able to work out of there, which we think is probably what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, now, what it does raise, which is really interesting, is, well, why was she there? Um, and so this wasn't just a, a, a warehouse gathering dust. This was an active um, headquarters, and she was there. So... I don't know. Is she is she kind of a rogue spy just like Orion was? Is like is she one of those Hydra or whatever those mm -hmm. those things were? Um who knows? What do you guys think? I don't know. I can't um I I don't think she's part of the ring at all. I'd be very surprised to find that out. I'm of the opinion that she is being protected. Um just like um you know Chuck and Ellie, but it's hard to say at this point. I, I didn't notice as much and it went by so quickly that I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I really don't have an opinion on it one way or the other, except that she, I don't think she's part of the ring. Yeah. And and actually one thing that was interesting, you uh, if you remember how that message, that video message to Chuck was mm -hmm. triggered by his paranoia. Exactly what I was about to say. So so there was a, a message that went to Chuck in the event of his death. It would right. make total sense if it, that could have even been a message from Orion. Exactly. It didn't sound like his voice, but he could have run it through a disguiser. Yeah, run it through a disguiser or the, one of those other rogue spies. He could have had a message to them to say, get her protected in the, right. in the event of my death. So, as paranoid as Orion it was, he could have had some other spy hide her and not tell him where she was just in case he was ever captured. Mm-hmm. And therefore, his only way to contact her would be through another person. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what I was going to say. My opinion is I don't think she's ring. And I think that that phone call was triggered by Orion's death, that it was something he had set up. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's... And we don't have that long till we find out. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we hear, heard from Woody from Illinois. Yay, Illinois representative. Yeah. And Woody says, thanks for the podcast of the season's last episode. By the way, the third Star Wars reference that Gray could not remember is when Morgan was telling Ellie about Chuck's spy life. And she talked about John Casey being a rogue agent. Morgan tells her John Casey, um, go to the dark side. <laughs> 
<laughs> which <laughs> I remembered as soon as I read this. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep up the good work and thanks for everything you all do. Have a good one. And I'm looking forward to future podcasts. Woody from Illinois. Thanks, Woody. Yeah, thanks, Woody. <laughs> Had that been weighing on your mind, Gray? Well, actually, you know what? Another fan wrote in and and said that the thir- third Star Wars reference was the way that the cell was set up, uh, which apparently the, the that detention facility oh, yeah. was the exact same as as in Star Wars. Princess so, Leia. Yeah. yeah. So so there could have actually been more than three. And yeah. who knows? <laughs> well, we know that uh, that Chris Fedak, at least, is a huge Star Wars fan. Um, so let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's have fun looking for those Easter eggs. It was funny because I was thinking of this email when I was watching last weekend. They, they've been running the, the first three Star Wars movies, and uh, I, I had a good chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it, I mentioned it on the podcast, but I thought an interesting summer project would be to, to try to find those 80s references in Chuck episodes. Yeah. Um, and actually, to rewatch some of these, like I, I, I still want to watch Spies Like Us, because um, I'm sure there's there's Spies Like Us references that I'm missing. That's that's something that could be really fun this summer. Yeah, my head nearly exploded from the whole meta, meta Spies Like Us, um, Chevy Chase reference in the finale. Oh yeah, I was just sitting here going, oh my gosh, they did not just do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, they obviously have friends in high places. I mean, the fact that Chevy Chase was on the show and his kids are a fan of the show, um, I, I'm sure that they can get some permissions that other shows don't necessarily get. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thanks, everybody, for writing. And we urge you to please send us your emails over the summer because it gives us something to talk about. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just us yammering on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, that's every podcast. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got to be good at something. Yeah. <laughs> well, we want to thank our sponsors for uh, sponsoring us so mm-hmm. that we can sit here and yammer. Uh, much thanks goes out to moviemorons.com. It's a podcast about film by the Movie Morons, and you ought to check them out. With the summer blockbusters ahead, they've got a lot to discuss. Mm-hmm. So head on over to moviemorons.com. And we want to thank syrianjunkies.de. It's the largest German language fan site out there, and they have just launched a new podcast of their own, a video podcast that's really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in German, so if you want to brush up on your German, we encourage you to check it out. Again, that's syrianjunkies.de. Yep. And speaking of sponsors, um, something that we haven't really mentioned a lot on the podcast is if you have a company or product or service of some kind that you want to advertise, it's actually... Um, probably a lot less expensive than you'd think to sponsor the podcast. So just like Brunel's Web Solutions did for the last couple of podcasts, we invite, um, if you've got a business or maybe you can even talk to your boss at, at the place that you work and find out if, if this is a place that you'd like your ad to go, your ad here, if you can imagine it, um, and also on our websites. So, uh, uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, so are we. And how will they contact you, Gray? You can send an email to mail at chuckpodcast.com. So we're going to start to wrap things up. Of course, we have no spoilers this week. I don't know how we could, but as soon as we do, this is the place you'll find them. I want to remind you to check out blip.tv. That's chuckpodcast.blip.tv for all of our back catalog of episodes. And and it's very, very interesting that... um, there are some older interviews that, that people have forgotten that are really quite cool. Uh, Norman Buckley 
is one of my favorite interviews, um, and that was quite a while back. So uh, if you if you discovered the podcast late, go back and check them out. There's some really cool stuff there. And once again, if you have any questions or comments or you just want to email us and tell us hello or happy summer, you can send all those to mail at chuckpodcast.com. Yep. So that's all we have for this week, but we're going to have some cool interviews coming. Boy, I can't wait. Can you wait? I can't wait. I can't wait. Cool. Well, so hopefully you can't wait because there's going to be great stuff. So thanks so much for listening. Make sure you do send in your um, your photos if you are at any of those conventions and anything else related to Chuck. Send in that info. We'd like to hear it. But until then, have a great week. See you later. Bye, Chucksters. <laughs>